0: Hello, my name is Jason Reichel, and you're listening to Risk Management Brick by Brick. I'm fascinated with people who are helping build and maintain the physical world around us. On each episode of this podcast, we'll dive in with a risk manager, speak to them about how technology plays a role in this process. Joining me today is Robert Barney, the founder and managing director of FlowQuote, a platform that helps contractors to more easily provide customers with estimates. Robert has an experienced background in running businesses, which service the home and service industry, ranging from property management services to software companies. It's great to be joined by Robert. Hello, Robert. Very nice for you to be on the podcast. I'm very excited to talk about what you have going on and how it helps contribute to the built world. First question that I always ask when we get into this is, tell me a little bit about your past and how you ended up as the founder and managing director of FlowQuote.
1: Sure. Well, thanks for having me on, Jason. About me, yes. How did I end up here? Okay. So basically, I've always been in software and I've always been in property management and services. So it's a little strange combination of the two. 20 years ago or so, I started off a small property maintenance company that got quite big. We had sort of 100 contractors going around London, repairing, plumbing, landscaping, all sorts of things, sort of all under one roof. And at the time, that would have been 2006 or something 2008 i think we just didn't have the software to enable us to keep a track of all of those individuals all the contractors all the customers all the invoicing and this was just before the iphone came out uh remember so there wasn't really any sort of mobile tracking of those guys either and there wasn't really any decent software so as i had a software background and at the time my brother was working with me and he did as well he worked at uh, british telecom So he did some coding and stuff for their scheduling things there. He said, look, I think I can build something. And I said, how much is this going to (laughs) cost? And uh, (laughs) anyway, we started and it worked out really well. I mean, the software actually was much more exciting than the property maintenance part of it. (laughs) And we got probably a bit carried away with the development of it. But anyway, that went on for quite some time. I sold that company just a couple of years ago. If basically we spun it out of the property maintenance company into a software company, and sold it to other companies that needed to control their contractors and get feedback, because obviously the iPhone had arrived and then the Android phones. So we were getting a lot of feedback from the field, and this was helping us provide a better service, faster communication with the customer, faster invoicing, which is always important in those small businesses. And then the pandemic came along. I still had a small flooring company, and I still do. We thought, how are we going to work this now that we're all locked in? And we can't go out and do any quotes, get any more business. We still had people sort of contacting us because they wanted things, because they were stuck at home and they were looking around the four walls, going, do you know what? This place is a wreck. We need to go <laughs> and get some, new, yeah. <laughs> we need to go and get a new sofa, some new carpets, let's paint. Everyone did a lot of DIY and stuff and internal things during the in the COVID and the pandemic. But just managing the amount of inquiries that we were getting was extremely difficult. So I thought, and going out. Well, we couldn't actually go around the houses and have a look at the things that we traditionally do. So I thought, look, there's got to be a better way than this.
0: Isn't that there's got to be a better way? The <laughs> yeah. saying you have right before you spend about five years of your life doing something?
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if you're in sort of like software development and you like to start things up on your own. It's sort of like, yeah, they tick that box and now write off five years of your life Yeah, It's pretty much what happens. And I thought I'd kind of done with software and developing products and all of those sort of things but I thought look this has got to be especially just for the flooring company to start with I thought look let's think about messaging and how easy it is to get images and video across in this day and age because everyone's got this powerful tool in their pocket and just tell us what they want so we put our whatsapp number up on the site and we were surprised about how many people just fired off whatsapp messages saying i want this i want that i'm changing this floor i want to change this the wife's on at me about this i've got to get it done da 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 and then that became a problem itself because managing that sort of whatsapp wasn't designed for managing multiple messages from potential customers and images and cataloging them so i thought there's got to be a better way there you go again so i thought of an idea i thought look if we could take all of this information if we could put it into like a crm Make it easy for me to do estimates, because I still build some of the estimates with the other guys, and then send it back to the customer. I'd never have to visit them at all. And then that was great. Uh, we started building it anyway. And then we applied, actually, for a grant from the government. They do a competition called the Innovation Fund. And um, we beat out loads of co- companies. And they said, look, this is a really good idea. And they gave us some money to do it. So. <laughs> and we were really pleased <laughs> so we didn't actually have to fund it all ourselves and so yeah here we are today peddling our wares with a five-year project plan just as you intimated there yeah so a lot
0: of times on the podcast we have a lot of professionals in risk management insurance risk transfer those kind of people and one of the things that they always talk about is when you have subcontractors and they need to get insurance in order to go on the job site and the variable and the process all around tracking that and how difficult that is and how you have to decide what your risk appetite is as a business in order to work with subcontractors. Today, it seems like what we're going to be focused on is as a subcontractor, that very first interaction that you have with the customer around estimates and how to achieve those. And as you said, there was obviously a need, probably pre-pandemic Especially during the pandemic and now that we're in this kind of new gray zone of where are we as a society? One of the things that I wanted to ask you is what is the value to contractors to doing estimates virtually? Like, did you find anything surprising during that process? Because I'm sure at some point most people had the sentiment that I needed to go in into the location and look around and and all of those things. So, what are some ways to win more contracting? projects based on estimates or in this new kind of world we find ourselves in.
1: Yeah, so you're absolutely right, actually, Jason. And there's a couple of things to flow quote. There's obviously the insurance side, which you very useful for claims handling for those guys that don't actually have to go out in the first instance. But bringing it back to the contractors. Yeah, we get a lot of pushback. We still do with sort of contractors saying, look, I go off and see the person face to face and it's me who sells it. They buy from me. And it's not, otherwise it goes on price and so on and so forth. And so we were surprised when we actually started to implement it for ourselves about how badly we were qualifying our potential customers in the first instance. So we were driving all around town for people that really never had any intention of buying anything from us, or they were getting four or five quotes in, and then you're competing on price primarily. Yes. So what we found was when you ask them for these details in the first instance, you never really do. Most people don't qualify enough. But getting those images back and those videos shows, firstly, their commitment to the project. They won't do it if they won't send all that sort of information unless they're interested. Yes. And secondly, you can actually see whether you can do the job anyway. Sometimes you're like, do you know what? That is what we call a dog of a job. I don't want to go anywhere near that. And yeah. now save myself a journey from going all over town to have a look at it and going, no chance. And thirdly, you basically saying, look, I'm giving you a rough estimate here. If this is within your budget, I'm happy to come out. I'm not saying I won't. What I'm saying is I'm not coming out unless it's pretty much qualified and nailed on. So from the statistics we used to go out five times and we'd win one quote. Now that's because in our flooring particular company we're pretty expensive but the standard is about one in 3 in the industry. Right. You go right. out for three quotes you win one. Yeah. And yeah. after we've put flow quote in because obviously we're interested in the stats anyway for our flooring business but obviously for the software it's now three out of every four. So that's 75% because we've pre-qualified them. We know they've got the budget. And so it's saving us an enormous amount of money. And for this replicates for all other contractors. So they're going to save on petrol or you guys call it gas, uh, yeah, fuel. Do. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anyone to, to save-
0: confused. We're talking about gas. They save on gas.
1: Yeah, they save on gas, yeah. But mostly they save time and they have more time to spend, especially at the smaller end of the scale. With I think the customers, the key, yeah. I think one of the key
0: things it. that you were saying that I want to just go back to because yeah. I've been at a few events recently because events are kind of back in full swing. I was talking to people about this quoting process and how expensive everything is when you don't have more, I would call it a more digital first approach to it you will not win at you. one out of four. I, I heard this directly two weeks ago at a conference and that causes the business to have higher prices because they have to have all this wasted time and energy that so when someone does buy, they have to have higher prices. They have to have more staff to cover those. All of these reasons are evident in every conversation I have. And that pre process is becoming incredibly important, especially as people want to go back to I want to get this work done quickly if I want to engage. But you're also asking, when I always use this in the sales process, I talk to my team about equity exchange, right? Asking them to upload these images, as you mentioned, it shows a real commitment to the project to get it done and that they're serious about doing it, which is a good equity exchange between your company using something like a flow quotes and the outside buyer. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So that pre-qual process, this can really revolutionize, essentially.
1: Well, absolutely. Yeah. And then all through the entire process, actually, we actually manage it pretty much through the messaging platforms. You got WhatsApp, iMessage, Facebook Messenger, all of those things come in. Now, I don't, I haven't got time to check every single platform. So it's easy that it all comes into one for a start. And secondly, I'm knocking on, I can't remember anything that happened yesterday, let alone like two weeks ago. So as soon as a customer puts some information across and then they tend to sort of go into the witness protection program for three or four weeks and you never hear from them. And then they pop up again and go, you know what I was talking about, don't you? Like, yeah, kind of 60 conversations ago, but it's all there with the messages, the images, the estimate I might have sent. So I can jump in straight away.
0: So it also gives you a better ability to drive customer service through the means at which they access. Typical, these tactics have been used in different industries for some time now. Why do you think things like contracting, subcontracting, these other kinds of industries, why do you think, what was the push? Was it COVID? What was the push in order to take tooling like this very seriously? I mean, service technology has been big for the last seven to 10 years, right? But it still hasn't gone down to the flooring shop down the street necessarily.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you've highlighted another excellent point, Jason. Contracting. And sort of building, maintenance, construction, I mean, generally speaking, unless you're at the sort of the high end of it where you're making office blocks, it's pretty much the hardest industry to sell any technology into whatsoever, unless they can hold it in their hand and it's a drill. Those guys, (laughs) they're pretty much still at the stage where they write things on the back of a cigarette packet and say, look, it's going to be 400 bucks, and if you want it, I'll come back in a couple of weeks. They traditionally haven't seen the merits of software and technology and improving businesses. And a lot of the time, that disparaging the guys, they're not really business people. They're sort of trades people who are very good at what they do, which is yeah, landscaping. is what
0: generates yeah, the business.
1: Exactly, right? yeah. And they never actually sit down and go, do you know how much are these quotes actually costing me? When I work out how much I'm billing, if I'm billing $100 an hour and it's taken me two hours to go and do the quote, that's $200 I've lost, plus all of the fuel and uh, insurance and wear and tear. So these things are costing $250. They never actually think about it in those terms. So that's what makes it quite difficult for them to see how much they could get out of some software like this or any other software that's out there at the minute. So the rates of those guys actually using field service software anyway are still pretty low, even though there's some incredible software out there. So that's one thing. I think the thing that might be driving it now, though, is actually the customers. When you think about it from yourself, you're like, do you know what? I don't actually want to get three or five contractors to come over and have a look at this. Firstly, I'm not sure that like two out of five of them will turn up. How often have you rung up someone and said, can can you come around and give me a quote for this? And and then they've gone into the witness protection program. You've never heard from them again. And you're there at half five in the evening going, is this guy going to turn up or not? So that's one thing. Secondly, everyone, especially the new generations, not necessarily people of my age, they love messaging. They don't even want to talk to anyone anymore. They just want to go, look, I've seen it. That's what I want. Give it to me immediately, please. You know, it's like so they sit there on the sofa at seven o'clock at night and they go, oh, do you know what? That looks great. I wonder if I can get that. And then they send off a WhatsApp or something or an iMessage. They're not necessarily thinking of that thing in the office hours. They know there's no one there between 9 and 5. The next day, they may well have forgotten about it. So I think a lot of the time, if you're not using messaging platforms now, you're probably missing an enormous amount of the market. They're just not contacting you. In the middle of the day, they don't have the time sometimes, and they don't have the ability to pick up the phone and start discussing landscaping projects, plumbing projects, construction projects. They're meant to be working.
0: I think we talk a lot about technology and construction and all this on the show, but we're usually always talking about true B2B. You're building the office block. It's a very different thing. When you talk about B2C, communication methods, how you need to engage, how you need to seem like you have a bedside manner and remember everything that that you were talked about two weeks ago, become critical to the buying experience, right? And I guess that all starts with how you enter into the arrangement with that person, right? And flows through the whole process. What's a technology trend or something that you're looking at in this layer of industry that you think is coming or starting to really be interesting to you?
1: Well, I mean, there's all sorts of things which will be coming on the horizon. I mean, obviously, at the minute, we're pushing hard to get people to understand how powerful just the messaging and the videos and the images are, and how fast that can enable you to actually get that estimate or quote out to them. But when you think about the power of the handset, and how fast that's changing, I mean, it wasn't long ago, I think that Apple was saying that they were going to put LiDAR in their new phones, right? just a throwaway thing. But you think that the applications that that would be would be absolutely enormous. Because instead of us saying, right, okay, I'm estimating, and you can estimate fairly accurately, just from a video saying that you've got 35 square meters or 350 square feet of room you just say right well actually just stick your lidar on and send that information to me and then i'm going to get a 3d rendering yes, of that right. yeah of that building before I and i never have to go or so i mean holding
0: you could print whatever you needed even before you ever showed up
1: unbel- exactly so you've just hit the nail on the head actually jason that's a really good application because when you think about the other things is not just for instance estimating and sort of things that people want new it's like okay i've got a maintenance problem I think it might be my faucet that's not working, but I'm not entirely sure. So you say, well, send me a video of it. It's, oh, it's sticking. It's the substance of so the bullcock's gone. All right. I see what it is. Instead of me going and then diagnosing it, coming back two weeks later with the part, I can actually bring, I can go, I'll bring the part with me. I know which one you want. And that's going to be even more important as we go on. And every, just like you say, buildings are starting to get built within the factory. The widgets for it are printed by 3D printers. So you could say, right, okay, you don't need anything. I'll just print that out for you. Or you print it out eventually and uh, and go and put it in yourself. So yeah, these applications are going to be enormously powerful going forward.
0: One question that we always ask at the end of the podcast, which we're coming up on, is for some advice, something that you've taken to heart in your career that if there's somebody out there who's aiming to be where you're at, that you wish that you would have known sooner or that was really helpful to you? What is that advice?
1: Well, I'd say when I first started, I came from a sort of software background into property maintenance and construction. And there's lots of advice that floats around. But I think the most important advice I would say is your cash flow As a small company, don't wait for your customers to pay before you start the next job. You can start to stretch yourself very quickly by just taking two or three jobs on and go out of business, even though you've got a lot of sales coming in and you're working like a Trojan. So right from the very start, after the first hiccups that we had in our small business with cash flow, we made sure that we got paid from the customer very, very quickly so that we could progress onto the next job and also expand the business. Because unless you've got some investment coming in, you need that cash flow, not only to just keep going, but to actually increase the amount of jobs work that you can do on the next going forward
0: yeah that's such practical good advice my question on that just thinking about what you do does do you think that means that subcontractors should look at places to get paid earlier in the process or get paid for work as it's happening and be introducing into their flows places where that cash is coming in in order to sustain
1: that business Again, you're absolutely right, Jason, because I can see you do this a lot. (laughs) Just with the questions you asked. Yeah, it's a very old fashioned method in construction and services, which is like, I might take a small deposit and then I'll come back for the And at the end of the job, I need to get paid. And then they've got this crazy process, even in the small industries, medium and right up to the large ones where they go, look, it could be 30 to 90 days before I'm going to pay you that, that final settlement. That was probably appropriate in the 70s. And it's been dragged on a legacy thing all the way through to here, where it's crazy because you can get a payment instantly in seconds from a mobile phone to a handheld device to even on your computer. So this is just a hangover from the days of I want to preserve my cash flow at the cost of yours. So I always advocate, especially in construction, when the job gets larger, You need to set out those milestones early and have the difficult conversations that the contractors never like to have, which is like, I've moved three light switches, which you wanted, which wasn't on the original quote. And instead of saying, oh, I'll stick it on the bill at the end, it's like, look, hang on a minute, that's going to cost you 250 bucks. Mm -hmm. And now we need to have a payment plan of every week or every two weeks where you give me a certain amount of money so I can continue the job that I'm doing. And you have to have those difficult conversations regularly and earnestly and early. Otherwise, at the end of it, you'd start that bun fight where you go, hang on, you can't charge me for this. And you didn't turn. And then it's like, oh, man, I'm I'm out $25,000. And I've got an unhappy customer, I'm going to end up negotiating.
0: 100%. And then you get the bad reviews, you get all these things that downstream affect your ability to get new work as well.
1: And, Absolutely. Not and, and to mention you're sitting the there stress. steaming
0: going, they still owe me a thousand bucks. That's over 90 days past exactly, year. Exactly, yeah.
1: yeah. And not to mention like the actual, as you said, like the bad reviews, it's the stress of it for the contractor. You know, it's that, like it's coming up to the end and I'm dreading asking for the money. Well, really, you should be going, I've got most of it now. And what a great job. I'm happy. Let's go off to the next one. Just make life easy for yourself.
0: It's surprising in software how much like, Automatic reminders to the consumer. Hey, you need to pay your bill. This is still outstanding. Actually support this uncomfortable transition from, hey, I do the work to I need to get the money from you, which is always uncomfortable in any industry. When you're like doing B2B work, it's a little bit more like people are more comfortable because it's not really their money. It's in a different kind of space to talk about it. But I think it's very interesting that it's really good advice. Having run multiple businesses myself, not only in this industry. It is definitely an important thing to watch cash flow and to understand how to bring those milestones forward. So I think that's great advice. So thank you very much, Robert.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for being on
0: Brick by Brick and I hope you have a good week.
1: Thanks very much for having me. Have a great week.
0: Thanks Jason. Risk Management Brick by Brick is brought to you by TrustLayer. Find out how TrustLayer manages risk so that the people can build the physical world around us, head over to trustlayer.io. And then make sure to subscribe to Risk Management Brick by Brick on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of the TrustLayer team, thank you for listening.